Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm speaking with Cal Adore. Now, you've seen me talk to some up-and-coming music artists in the past. I think I've talked to some people in the country music world, one that was kind of in, in the hard rock world. Um, Cal is, she's kind of, she's going to talk exactly about what her sound is like. It's kind of a mixture, I think she says, between Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber and a bunch of other people. We're going to get into all of that, uh, but she's doing some amazing things. But this conversation, even if you're not into that certain music genre, I found fascinating because we get into kind of the process of songwriting and collaborating with people and finding your voice and realizing what the industry is and what it isn't a lot more uh, than some of my other conversations. You know, the other conversations were fantastic when it comes to you're talking about the music and their inspirations, but I think we get into the business a little bit more today. Uh, she was very candid on, you know, knowing what works, knowing what doesn't, and, and being real with yourself. I really appreciated that. So that kind of transcends all different music genres. So whether you're actually into Kel's music or whether you're not, um, I think that you're going to gain a lot from uh, from this week. The great thing is that uh, her music is is really amazing too. Uh, she she's really works to uh, to write songs that that capture kind of emotion and 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 resonate with with people. Uh, and she'll talk about that too. A lot of lot of great talk about music. Talk about some some really awesome initiatives she's a part of. Um, you know when it comes to to hunger needs and and the uh, volunteering she's doing there, she does modeling. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, fascinating conversation about with somebody who uh, I think is is very soon going to be a, a household name. So I, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Here is Cal Adore. I'm here today with Cal Adore. Mr. Adore, how are you? Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. If you would just introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Kelador. I am a pop artist, songwriter, model based in Los Angeles. And I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, but made my way to the West Coast. So I'm really happy to be on and talk a little bit about my music. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. And I, I kind of want to start at, in, in Colorado. I, I hear that you did a, a lot of traveling as a kid. I don't know where that exactly takes you. I talked to a ton of travelers. I'm I'm big into that world myself, but uh, I hear it kind of maybe shaped and impacted your your music too. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I went to, I need to count how many schools I went to. One, two, three, four, five, maybe seven or eight different schools growing mm. up. Um, just from moving a lot around the Rocky Mountain areas. I also lived in Florida for a little bit. Um, but Denver is like kind of where I claim home. But yeah, I, I moved around and kind of started over with my friends a lot. And um, I think it really just kind of made me from a young age figure out kind of who I am. And when you have the opportunity to reintroduce yourself all the time as a young kid, you kind of go, well, 
who am I and and who do I want to be? And and you get the chance to kind of start over. And so um, I think that really allowed me to kind of find myself at a young age and figure out who I am and just be independent and strong in that um, rather than just kind of, you know, going with whatever my friends were saying or doing and and all of those things that kids do. I like that. That that may get deeper than we can get on this podcast. Who exactly are you? But I do want to know who you are as a a songwriter and how I guess that passion started. What made you uh, want to kind of start writing down lyrics and, and get things on paper like that? Yeah. So I started writing from a young age. Like, honestly, I always say I was seven years old when I wrote my first song, but I had a memory the other day where I was writing a Thanksgiving song with my cousin. And it was like when I was seven years old. And I was like, I know that's not the first song I ever wrote. So I think it was even before that, but pretty much I always had just like little melodies and songs kind of running through my head or, you know, you make the fun little skits with your cousins and present them to the family. So I just always had kind of this deep, um, natural kind of gravitation towards music and and specifically lyrics and writing song lyrics. Um, and yeah, now that's kind of evolved throughout my life to where I really focus on music that feeds the soul and music that um, really just kind of speaks our silences and touches the parts of us that maybe we don't talk about openly, but music has this like amazing, wonderful ability to do that. So um, that's kind of where it started. And I am just so lucky that I get to do it on a regular basis now. Yeah, that's, that's powerful stuff for sure. And I guess the next question has to be is that you you've remembered that memory now. Do you remember the song? Is that going to be on your, is that going to be your next single? Are we going to hear that <laughs> seven-year-old Thanksgiving song? Okay. So it was kind of a cheat song because it was to the lyrics of like, la 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 like a Christmas song. I don't even yeah. know the name of the song, but it was deck a Thanksgiving. Oh, Deck the Halls. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It was <laughs> the Thanksgiving version of Deck the Halls. And I think that it was like, Turkey Day is coming soon. La 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 la. And then it had like the dumbest lyrics. Like, I think one was like, mind the turkey, don't be perky. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But, you know, I, yes. I really was trying and <laughs> you want to start somewhere. <laughs> well, you learned early on that rhyming is a good thing. So, hey, that that's that's where it's at, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I want to ask you, too, about, you know, you talked about moving so much as a kid. Recently, the last few years, you did another big move, and that was from Colorado to L.A., correct? Yeah, it was actually from Utah to oh, Utah. L.A. But it, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of been, like I said, all, all over. But the, the most recent move was from Utah to Los Angeles. That was about a year and a few months ago. And uh-huh. I love it here. Like something about Los Angeles, I think every single person needs to find their place and where mm-hmm. they thrive. And for me, at least at this stage of my life, it's Los Angeles. Like I love coming home to the city. I love walking out. And as weird as it sounds, like, you know, all the noises and the weird smells, I'm like, oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the question was going to be kind of about what that transition from Colorado to Los Angeles was like, but I have, I have family in Utah myself. So that's Uh even a deeper question. The transition from Utah is definitely way different than uh, than Los Angeles. So what was that like? 
Yeah. You know, it was actually during the pandemic when I really decided, okay, I, I want to take this music thing seriously. I had been doing some stuff. I'd been making some bad demos on my own and figuring out how to produce, but um, I actually started posting on TikTok and um, my one of my current producers, someone from his team reached out to me and said, hey, like, love your stuff, want to connect you with this producer. So they were based in Los Angeles and we started kind of like a courting process, I guess you could say online, like virtually, you know, getting to know each other and just figuring out, do our musical styles combine well? Do we have similar goals and vision? Um, you know, as, as an artist, I think you do need to be kind of selective about who you work with in many ways, because there are so many talented people out there, but you also want to make sure that it's, you know, very resonating with yourself and what you want to say and what you want to do. So we kind of went through that virtually and then we decided let's just do one song um, to start. And that was Full for the Pain, which was my first single ever. And we did a lot virtually. I ended up flying out to Los Angeles in 2021. And I just was like, I want to live here. Like, Mm. and it was so funny. I never really pictured myself living in California or in Los Angeles. Um, But all of the little things just kind of fell into place. And it kind of lined up where it just made sense. And it felt like the right thing to do. So Um, Because I had a producer here, it just made it, I think, a little bit more natural rather than just jumping in and not knowing anything about the city. Um, And since then, I've been able to meet so many more amazing musicians and people in the industry. So really, I think being here has been such um, such a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I love that you, you know, you mentioned about how you wanted to it was a a courtship on on both sides. Because I feel like there's so many people definitely kind of early on in in any industry, whether it's music, entertainment, all kinds of different things. They're just so excited that somebody is recognizing their talent that they just jump on the first opportunity. And sometimes it's not either. It's not a good fit just because, you know, stylistically it's not a good fit. And then sometimes even worse, it's not a good fit because they're literally there just to suck all the talent out of you and kind of throw you away. Yeah. You got to definitely have your guard up. Sometimes I have definitely encountered people who, you can tell they're not actually in it for you or even for the art. You know, I, I think like it is kind of a numbers game at the end of the day of, you know, trying to work with people and create the music and all this stuff. But I do think, especially when your own art is involved, like you just, you have to have a deeper connection um, and trust your gut. You know, your gut will always tell you what you got to do. No, I, I I like that for sure, and I and I you, I just wonder too because I've talked to quite a few people, I guess, in the country music world. I don't know how exactly that happened because I'm not even really a big country person, but I've talked to a lot of people in that world, and they yeah. all their stories all say, you know, I wanted to get bigger, so I moved to Nashville. Nashville is like the country music mecca. Outside uh-huh. of country music, do you find that a lot of people in music moved to Los Angeles? Is that kind of where the mecca is for everything else yeah you know i think that now things are different where you can create music wherever you live Mm -hmm. you don't have to be in los angeles to pursue your dreams however a lot of people are you know here new york um even austin i think has kind of a budding music scene but Mm -hmm. i would say los angeles and new york city have kind of um 
the centralized hub where it's just like a proximity thing. You know, there's other people here doing the same thing. When you're in, you know, a remote part of, let's say, Colorado even, it's a little bit harder to find people in person to make those connections. Whereas, you know, here in LA, I'm part of different songwriter clubs and, um, you know, women in music clubs and just things that people are like throwing events and showing up in person and networking at various restaurants and bars and locations across the city that it is kind of hard to sift through that noise online sometimes. So I definitely do think there's an advantage to being in a hub, but people have done it, you know, virtually and not necessarily being in the hub. So I think it's just whatever you feel kind of compelled to do and called to do as an artist, um, you know, you got to listen to that voice. Makes sense. And I, I want to ask you now, we've got this far without even truly talking about your music. So we've kind of narrowed it down that it's not country, but if somebody puts on a Calador song, what, what exactly are, are they going to hear? So... I would define my music as like emotional electronic pop music. Um, I've heard vocally Lana Del Gaga, which is like such a nice compliment that I'm like a mixture of Lady Gaga and Lana Del Rey. Okay. I was thinking, Um, is there somebody I don't know? Who is Lana Del Gaga? I know it's a combination. Yes. Um, But then I think in terms of, you know, the, the genre and the sound, I've heard like maybe a mix of Justin Bieber and Sabrina Carpenter, you know, if Mm. they kind of merged because Sabrina has more of the kind of like lyrical, um, just very songwriter gene in her. And then Justin Bieber has kind of that like emotional, but like yet driving music. So there's probably a hundred different examples. I have so many, you know, um, inspirations in the industry, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the the easy way and, and kind of the mainstream way to explain it. Yeah. And I appreciate you doing that just because it helps people, I guess, understand exactly, you know, they know these people, so they know kind of what the sound is. I've gotten away from, I've interviewed enough musicians i've gotten away from even i used to say you know i you kind of remind me of so-and-so some people would be like i am my own person i am not so-and-so i'm like okay well so i'm glad that you kind of gave us a little bit of those uh (laughs) comparisons i mean it's tough as an artist because even as i say that i'm like i can't compare myself to those artists like they're incredible and you know i have a little bit of that imposter syndrome but then it's like no like i'm proud of my music and if that helps someone to at least have a a segue into it. Um, oh, I just thought of another one. Right. Anne Marie. Do you know Anne Marie? She's name a, sounds familiar. She's done. Um, she's had some songs that with like. Is she the one with like the? Does she sing something about like ages? Like she was a certain age at certain points. Um, she has this song like two thousand and two. Yeah. 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 And I remember that too, because that's all those years are my exact age too. It must be the same age. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. She, I think um, I love her. And I think that's another kind of like target of, okay, maybe if, if you like Anne Marie, maybe you would like me too. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, it's definitely hard to like define it yourself. I always ask people around me, who do you think I sound like? Because I can't hear it because <laughs> yeah. I think I just sound like me. I like it. Well, I like Anne Marie and I like you. So it sounds like we, uh, we agree. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess your, your songwriting. I know that's really important to you. I hear this kind of your, your number one, not even necessarily the singing part, the songwriting part. So talk a little bit about your songwriting, I guess that process. Yeah. So I have kind of had quite 
quite the journey with my songwriting process, you know, from writing little Thanksgiving songs with my cousins to then learning how to play the guitar and going out on my roof and, you know, playing along to Ed Sheeran when I was in high school and um, to where I am now, which is just, I think, a a very more collaborative approach. Um, I would even say earlier this year, I was very focused on kind of the rewriting process. Like you write a song and then you rewrite it and you rewrite it and you rewrite it until you get it right. Where I think that is wonderful and beautiful. And I have had a lot of wonderful songs come out of that. But currently I am I'm shifting to just volume. Like I just am writing more. I'm in sessions more. I'm collaborating with more people and I'm kind of outputting a lot more stuff where I can go, okay, rather than just getting this one song, right, I can have several songs and then let the best one rise to the top to pick from in order to actually produce and put out there. And it's been fun because I feel like um, I feel like I've gotten to explore like more ideas and more parts of myself and just different ways of expressing myself by just increasing like the frequency and volume of my writing. Yeah, I, I love that. And I want to know, too, just because songwriting is so important to you. I would assume in the beginning that, well, you know, I was going to say, I assume in the beginning that it was an individual effort. I think you with your cousin, you started out with the, with the Turkey Day. Uh, with with her, but outside of that, I think it was an individual yes. effort. So, yeah. what uh, what was it like when you started collaborating? Because that's obviously giving away a little bit of the control, a little bit of the dream. Was that an easy process? Because you know it allowed, I guess, some more thoughts into it, or was it more like, no, 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 this is not. We're going in a weird direction that I was not prepared for. Yeah, I think um, a few things I'll say on that. I was definitely worried about it at first. And I think it was more of like a self-conscious thing. Like, am I going to actually have good ideas? Are people going to like what I have to say? Am I going to be able to contribute to this session? Um, and I, and again, this was during the pandemic that I really started collaborating virtually um, with just producers kind of all over um, that would be like, Hey, like they DM me on Instagram and be like, Hey, I have a song. Like, do you want to write it? And there were a few really cool songs that came of it. And I realized like, Oh, like not only is it cool to express what I want to say, but I love when other people come to the table with ideas because it's just like this puzzle and you're kind of solving the puzzle together. And certain people that you collaborate with, it's, it's like an easy puzzle to solve. You just kind of fit in each other's pieces. Other times you write with people and you realize like, "Mm, our creative synergy is a little off. We're kind of stuck. And I don't know, something about it just doesn't always jive. So you have to go in with an open mindset of like, it's okay if you have a session that isn't as productive. Um, But I do feel like ultimately the more I've worked with people, the better I've gotten because I've seen how they think and I can apply and learn from them. And also it's just pushed me to like come prepared and to know what I want to say. And then the other side of that is as an artist, you know, really stepping into my creative control and learning that if it's for me, you have to be a little bit selfish as an artist to say this is my art. And yes, like it's our art and you're supporting this process. But at the end of the day, like if I'm the face of the art, you know, learning to speak up and be okay saying, yeah, maybe a different direction. Like let's, let's maybe see how far this idea goes, but also being okay to say, I don't think that's it. 
Um, and that takes a level of confidence, I think. And, you know, back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, sometimes you just want to work with someone and then you feel flattered. They even want to work with you and you're like, yes, okay, I'm in it. But, um, you do have to kind of reflect on again, what you want to do and say as an artist. Yeah. I love that. And how did, so how do you get the ideas that you, you come up with? Because I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's, it's a really deep thing to you and kind of trying to make that connection with, you know, the listener. And then also with, I guess, I don't know, maybe your experiences too, but I just wonder where, where these ideas come from. So they kind of come from all over. Um, a lot of times I'm just like driving in my car and I have, or like falling asleep weirdly when I fall asleep, I get ideas <laughs> and I'll just pull up my phone in the car or wherever and record a voice memo. And it might be like a line, a lyric. It might be a melody with a lyric. It might just be like a, oh, 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 or something. Um, but I usually have like these little seeds of inspiration and then, um, we'll take it into a session and I'll just be like, okay, this was the seed. Here's the concept that I think is around this seed. And you have to go through a little bit of discovery. Like, okay, is this really, what, what kind of tree is this song going to be? You know, is it a fruit tree? Is it a flower tree? Is it a Christmas tree? And there is some discovery to that process. But, um, as we start kind of laying everything out on the table, we all just start discussing like, okay, you know, here's a personal experience I've had, or here's an experience that my friend had, or even, um, I was just in a session where as writers, we were all talking about our moms and like experiences our moms went through and how we were kind of relating these things to our own mothers. And, um, sometimes it's books and movies. And, and I think for me, what it comes down to is like that seed and that concept, and then finding the supporting stories. And that may be sourced from multiple places. Mm. I got you. And are you more in the the lyric side of thing? Do you do you do any of the the music, or is that is that left to somebody else? So I do work with producers, and um, usually when I'm writing, I come up with melodies and lyrics at the same time. Hmm. Like I just kind of sing the words and the melodies, and then we'll go and tweak things. Um, and then I have a producer who will kind of like build out the beat and the track and like the composition. Um, and then they'll send it to me and then I'll listen and go, okay, how can we enhance the story? Like this part here maybe needs to sound a little breathier or like I have, um, I have a song that I'm going to be releasing next year, which I'm really excited about called all that's left. And there's like a music video and I'm really excited about it. But there's one part of the song where I was like, the the lyric talks about hyperventilating and I was like I want the beat and I want the production to feel like breaths and so I I mm. communicate that with my producer and then they go back and and they're like okay you know they'll work their creative magic and we'll kind of fine-tune it so I definitely always want my vision to be in the process even just from the sounds we use i'll go through online splice i don't know if you know what splice is it's like a repository of sounds and samples for those who are listening who may not know mm -hmm. um and i'll just like catalog like 20 sounds and send it to my producer and be like okay here's a vibe now do your thing because <laughs> i don't know all of the producer stuff um so that it really is a team effort for sure yeah and i want to kind of i guess go down into the the song level now you already mentioned 
one song that I think came out at the end of last year, but tell us a little bit about uh, Fool for the Pain. Yeah. So Fool for the Pain was the first single that I released. It's kind of like a dark gothic pop vibe, which you probably would not expect looking at me (laughs) Um, or hearing me. And I think it's just, I love that song because it really explores like human duality and how we are complex and how, you know, we all have kind of these, these inner conflicts and demons, so to speak. Um, And then my second single was Happy Again. And that one came out, I think in May of this year. And it was just a lot more like tropical and kind of fun, still like devastating lyrics, but it was fun to explain, you know, to, to explore the soundscape of like, how can we make this feel like an Island and a little more dancey and just having that contrast. So, um, as I continue to release, you know, then I released still a child, which is my latest. And that one's a little bit more synth pop and nostalgic. And, um, it's really fun to just kind of explore and go, what, what does this song need? What is this Mm. song trying to tell what story is it trying to tell yeah you're very descriptive when it comes to what these exactly the genre of these songs i i like it a lot i don't normally get that so i'm all about it i want to know too um about we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but just your passion behind not just writing but kind of writing songs that connect with with people so tell us a little bit about what that means yeah so for me I love writing like a good fun song, like I love it, but the songs that I write that make me cry or have goosebumps or just evoke some emotional response, like that's my radar of, okay, could this have a real impact? Because I do feel like as humans, we are all so similar and I'm like, if this is making me emotional, then my hope is that it will touch somebody else's heart. And that, you know, if they're listening to it in their car when they're driving home alone, or if they're in their room with their headphones on, or if they're at a party and it's blasting and it's fun to dance, like, I just, I really want that emotional response to hit because I think that's what connects us so much as humans is just recognizing like, wow, we all kind of experience the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes it feels like we're alone in those feelings. But I would say 100% of the time, there is somebody out there who has felt what you felt, even when it feels like that's impossible. That's powerful stuff. If if this podcast has taught me anything, because I talk to people, obviously, from all walks of life, but we all have commonalities. We're all really in this together. So I really, I really like that for sure. And I want to kind of talk about things outside of, of the music world, but still kind of ties into exactly what you're talking about now. Talk a little bit about the Feed the Soul initiative that you're a part of. Yes. So I started a virtual Feed the Soul tour, which is benefiting various organizations um, that support hunger relief. And because my mission with music has been, you know, to feed the soul and and really give people sustenance emotionally. Um, and then moving to LA, I realized like, wow, there are a lot of people who go without. And you see such a divide between those who are driving a Rolls Royce or walking out of their $10 million home versus those who are literally sleeping under a tarp and like 
oh, it just breaks your heart. And so um, I've been lucky to be able to partner with some amazing organizations that are really incredible at actually addressing um, hunger relief and homelessness and all of these problems um, with children, with the elderly, with the disabled, with tons of different groups um, and just put on a, a concert virtually and raise some money and, you know, hopefully do a very small part in trying to, you know, raise awareness and also just kind of spread, um, spread the goodness throughout the world. I love that. How's that? How's that all going so far? It's good. You know, I was able to actually, so one of the organizations I partnered with Project Open Hand, I was able to go, um, or sorry, this was for Hunger Action LA. I've, I've got them mixed up for a second. Hunger nice. Action LA, I was able to go in person. Um, Project Open Hand is in San Francisco. So didn't get to see them, unfortunately, but Hunger Action LA, um, I went to their facilities in, it's like Koreatown area towards downtown LA, if anyone knows the area. And every week they put together these bags of food and they they collect extra food from farmers markets and different areas where the food will spoil or be thrown away. And so before they're spoiled, you know, they, they get the food, they sort it, and then they put them in bags and deliver them to people across LA. Um, and it was just so humbling to see like, wow, these people here are devoting their time and their energy every week, every day to feed people who need it. And like, it just kind of puts things into perspective of like how amazing number one, like there's so much good going on in the world that I think sometimes isn't shouted from the rooftop. So we forget about it. Um, but number two, just how there are opportunities to help those around us. And um, it's been really special to be a part of that. No, I think that's, that's powerful for sure. And I want to kind of pivot to, I guess a little bit of your music, but it comes with, uh, you know, with family. We've already talked about family and how important that is, but I believe that fa your family has kind of gotten involved in your music. Your nieces and nephews are a part of a certain song. What's up with that? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked. So I have, what is it? 13 nieces and nephews. I should have counted before. Okay. Three there, three there. Or there. Okay, 12. I have 12 nieces and nephews. Mm. And um, when I was recording Still a Child, the song is all about like how, you know, you, you grow up and life hits you and you realize like, wow, I'm so unprepared <laughs> and, mm. and, and I'm still a child. And so as I was writing and we were kind of producing this song, um, I thought that how cool would it be to actually have children's voices on the track. Mm. So I called all of my siblings and I was like, Hey, can you send me a voice memo of your kids? And I kind of sent them a little sample recorded myself just going, I'm still a child. And then I had them mimic it. So they sent back these just iPhone recordings. Um, we layered them in the track and you can hear the really fun shouts of the kids. Um, mm. and actually I performed this song live um, I, I performed it live a few times, but the last time I performed it live, I actually was able to get the audience to play the part of the children <laughs> in the song. So it's it's so fun to be live and just have that special connection with my family in that song and then engage an audience in that part. It's 
really, really fun. That is fun. That's going to be a, a special thing to them. I think when they get older, either as a, as something to, to pin on their chest or something to, uh, to hide from one <laughs> of the, one or the other, but I think that's, that's really awesome for sure. And I want to ask yeah. you too, because, you know, I have, every time that I talk to a musician, of course, I look at their, their music videos and, and check those out. That's kind of where it all begins. And I always like to ask this question, how do, how do you like shooting music videos? Cause I feel like I get both ways. Some people are like, yes, it's, it's amazing. It allows me to ham it up. And some people are like, I am not an actor. It's the most awkward thing in the uh, world. Where are you at with it? So I filmed a few different visualizers for Happy Again and Still a Child. And I've started to release some of the Still a Child ones on my Instagram and on my TikTok. Those ones are a little more simple. And those are just like really fun. Um, you know, there were things that we shot in a matter of hours. And just, I, I think it's really fun. Like, I love performing. I did acting and I did theater and improv when I was growing up. So I feel like I do get to kind of have that part of it. Um, but for my music video that I just filmed, my first like real music video with like a full crew, um, it was really cool and awesome, but it took like an hour to set up for a shot, like a three second shot, yeah. one hour of waiting. So <laughs> it kind of doesn't feel like performing, you know, when I'm on stage and you're just like going and you're in the song, it's like really fun. Um, this music video was just like a lot of waiting and then you get on, okay, action and you do your little part. And then it's like, okay, next scene, wait another hour to get mm. the lighting and the set. And so I think that, um, what a lot of people don't realize about the film industry is just how complicated it is to set up for some of these shots for, for film. Um, but it was really fun to see behind the scenes because I haven't done film before, you know, I did theater acting and it was a, a really good learning experience. And everyone who was a part of that video was just so talented and so patient and flexible and amazing that I really enjoyed, um, enjoyed it, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see like in the future, you know, I'll do different types of videos and and I'll let you know if that changes, but it's, it's not just like a fun, woo. It's like, okay, action. Okay. Now done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. The, the setting up and making sure it looks good is the way that you make sure it doesn't look like it was filmed in a basement. So I, yes. you're going to be happy that that's all there for sure. Uh, you know, you just mentioned how much different it is when it comes to performing live, you know, some songwriters, you know, they, they have that passion, but they don't love performing live. How do you feel about live performance? Are you, are you into it? It is my happy place. Oh, and I just, it's so special to be able to get up on stage and be like, I wrote this. I was very much involved with the production and now it's here in front of people. Mm. And, you know, when people are kind of singing along, it's just like, wait, you know my words like I wrote these and you know these mm. words it's so so cool um and I think for me like I just I really thrive on the interaction and the engagement and for me like the funnest part is being able to just like talk to the audience I mean you probably can tell I'm a talker <laughs> so <laughs> I love it um and and I think it's just a really special opportunity to be able to have a full band behind you and 
sing my little heart out and just have a good time. Yeah. And wrapping up kind of the music area, you, you, you have all of these nieces and nephews, I, I assume several siblings, parents, how, what, what do they, how do, how do they feel about all this? You're out there, you're living your dream, you're doing all these amazing things. They must be super proud. Oh, well, I have an amazing family and yeah. they, I've, I've been really lucky to have their support and um, we live all across the United States. So mm -hmm. I have family in Seattle, Austin, Texas, North Carolina, Florida, like built in fan bases, literally all over. All the over. Country. <laughs> yeah, all over. Um, but they have been very supportive. And actually what was really cool when I released my song happy again, um, I was able to go on the news in Colorado, like my mm. hometown, like a Denver news segment. Mm. And um, one of my aunts, she called me after because she saw it. And she told me that my grandma who passed away when I was, gosh, I was probably like seven or eight when my grandma passed away. Um, my aunt told me like, oh yeah, like grandma always knew you were going to do something like this. And I had never heard that before. I was like, what, really? Like I went and got a degree in economics. Like I was not going to do music. Like I was on a different path for a while. And so it was really special to hear her be like, oh yeah, like grandma from a very young age knew that like you were meant to be doing this. And um, it was just really special to kind of hear that and and just to be like having that kind of connection um, with my grandma. So I just, I'm really lucky to have that support, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're all just kind of doing our things and we all support each other with what we do. I love it. And I want to talk about one of those other things that you do that's kind of in the creative world. You, you introduced yourself as it as well. Talk a bit, a little bit about, uh, modeling and, and how you started in that and how that's going. Yeah. So it's funny because when I, started to think like, okay, maybe I should do music more seriously. I was like, I don't even have any way to promote myself. Like, I don't even know how to do this whole artist thing. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just start modeling and just kind of like figure out, you know, how to be in front of a camera, how to like present myself a little bit. Um, and then I, I started modeling. I started just small working with like local photographers and then lo working with local boutiques. And then I started getting hired for other jobs and um, all, you know, freelance. And I found like a, a big passion for it because there's so much creativity that I don't think a lot of people realize. Like modeling is so much more than just being like a coat rack. <laughs> you aren't just there to just show the clothing. I mean, yes, you are, but, but there's a story that goes behind it. And, um, you know, the way that you are on set and, and trying to help a brand kind of convey their story, their image, um, their clothing, their product, whatever it is, is really, really fun. Um, and I've met some of my best friends through it. Like, I think two of my very best friends I met through modeling and it's just, it's a really, really fun way. And, and I do look at it as just another form of storytelling, you know, just like music and songwriting is storytelling. So is the visual part through modeling. I love that. And I, I didn't want to ask this question until we introduced that as well, because definitely when I talk to people who are, are still kind of emerging in their, in their field, people do have to play or model or perform in a lot of 
interesting places. Most interesting one was I talked to a comedian who had to perform on the back of a moving car. So a moving truck. So I don't know whether you're going to be able to top that. Maybe what's the most interesting place you've either had to model, Ooh. had to sing anything like that. Um, okay. I just sang at, I, I, yeah, I have two. So one, I was a hand model. I like showed up on set and did not know I was going to be, I, they're like, Hey, we want you to model. Um, it was for like an essential oils company and then I was just hand modeling, but they had a whole, um, convention center set like in their office building because they have these conventions there and that was that was cool because it was like a merge between the the sets that I was used to and then just kind of like the business world but I would say the most interesting performance place I just performed at Madame Tussauds I don't am I even saying that right in Hollywood on like the Hollywood Walk of Fame the wax figure museum yeah um and it was for a Halloween party and um I sang a Define Gravity musical theater song. And it was like my first red carpet event. Um, and that was like a, it wasn't weird, like the back of a car, but it was really cool because that was a big moment for me where I realized like, wow, I've been in LA for a year. Here I am performing at a red carpet event, um, having people like recognize me out on the street and asking for my autograph, like just kind of mind blowing, but also I, I share this in a way to go like, you can do whatever you want. Like you literally have the power to step-by-step make things happen in your life. Mm. And that was just like a personal powerful moment for me. Cause it was like, okay, like, you know, moving to LA and like pursuing your dreams. And it's a like, there's a lot of, a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, I guess, discouragement that can happen, you know, like, oh, you're just another person trying to make it big. Um, but I was like, Hey, you know, like we each have our own path. We each have our own story. And like, we have the power to influence and touch other people's lives in a really cool way. Even if it's like, oh, this, you know, this event, not a lot of people probably really knew about it, but like, to me, it was meaningful. And, I just say that because if you're listening and there's anything that has been like scratching at your heart and you like cannot drop that you just keep thinking about, like just take one step at a time and you will come so much further than you might ever think. Like I never thought I would be performing at a red carpet event in Hollywood. Just you can do it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's, that's good advice for sure. You just, the first step is to try things. So I, I like that a lot. I want to get back to the silly part of what you said, and that is the hand modeling. How do they know? How do they, I mean, do you have to submit when you, when you model, do you have to submit pictures of like all different parts or how do they know? Like there's plenty of people that may look perfectly fine to model, but they may not have the greatest hands. How do they know that you know, it's going to be somebody to hand model for me? They found me on Instagram and reached out. So like, you know, here's my hands if you're on the if you're on the Zoom, you can see, <laughs> I guess they must have just seen my hands on my photos and were like, we want her. But it was funny because I, like, like I said, I went into it thinking I was going to be like, you know, usually it's like e-commerce modeling, like full body kind of stuff, different poses. Um, and then I got there and it was like, just on my hands. I was like, okay, uh. okay, cool. <laughs> going to work with this. Um, but there's like a whole industry of hand modeling. So, you know, is that, are you going to start, are you going to start breaking into that world? Are you the next top hand model? I mean, maybe, but 
no one would recognize me if I did. <laughs> that's true. That may be a good or a bad thing. I, I mean, that, that would be yeah. so, that would just be so interesting, but yeah, well, it is. I've actually heard that there are some celebrities who do like hand modeling and stuff yeah. to make extra money. because It's like, it's not like their face and their likeness, but they can still make money modeling and it's uh, just their hands, you know? Yeah. I've, I, I watched, this is kind of going off into the weeds, but I watched a YouTube video of this person who, that that's what they did for a living. They were a hand and a foot model. And that's all they that's all they did. I don't know. I don't want to be like, look, I'm up here. I don't want you to just look at my hand and my foot the whole time. That is funny. I mean, yeah, I feel like I got my mom's hands, so I can do that, but I think I got my dad's feet. So I don't think I would make a good foot model at all. <laughs> well, then let's fingers crossed that that you don't get uh, invited into one of those conventions. I know. I know. I, they would see me take off my shoes and be like, mm, she has man feet. We should not have her. <laughs> well, let's 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 remove that image from everybody's mind. I let's- know, whatever. <laughs> now you all know. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about uh, you know what what the future holds for you. So I'm really excited for 2023. I've been Oh, I've been working on so much music that I'm really excited about. And I feel like, as I mentioned before, I've kind of been figuring out my process as an artist. Like, you know, when I first came out as an artist, it's like, okay, I'm just going to put some stuff out and just get started, just have something there. But I feel like now going into 2023, I really kind of have a much better idea of who I am as an artist, kind of music I want to share. Um, and I've been sitting on stuff. Like I've just been sitting on stuff kind of waiting because I want to be able to release a bunch of stuff um, that is all kind of connected in various ways. And so I'm going to be releasing new music. Um, really, one of my goals is just to get out and perform more and play more. And I just, yeah, I'm so lucky to be able to get to do it. And I'm excited to to show more. I love it. So what what's the timeline with that? When should we expect more from you? I will say you can expect more in early 2023. Some exciting stuff happening, but I don't have any specific dates to share today. But um, you can keep an eye out on my Instagram at Kel Adore Music or TikTok at Kel Adore um, or keladore.com is my website. So yeah. you can stalk me there. I love it. And I think that you, I think you've kind of just thrown everything out. That's the last question always. How can people find the music you've already put out? keep up with the the new things so you said tiktok just say them again because i'm already gonna yeah, yeah, yeah so it's at kel adore or at kel adore music and adore like i adore you like mm. just as it sounds um you also can sign up for my inner circle and that's where i send out updates on my newsletter so if you want to be like the first to know anything um you can sign up for that on my website and there's also like a link tree in my bio. So um, shoot me a DM. Let me know where you came from. And just I love I love chatting with people and um, just kind of hearing, you know, what kind of music you like. I'm always happy to chat. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. This was a fun conversation and it's always fun to talk about music and just, you know, the thing that I love most in life. So that was Calador. Amazing conversation. Absolutely has a bright future ahead. Highly urge you to go check out her music. You know, obviously we talk so much about her music, about her writing process, about the passion behind it, which she certainly has. 
now you just got to go check it out and see whether it's something that you're that you're going to enjoy uh, on spotify all these other places she mentioned all the links will be in the show notes to her spotify to her website highly recommend you checking her out uh, definitely amazing person and some some amazing work that she's doing um, i know that she would she would enjoy having you along for the ride uh, if this is the first time you're listening to me appreciate that as well if you haven't already, leave a five-star review on Apple and on Spotify. Appreciate that. Leave a written review. Even more amazing. Not Enough Podcast on Instagram. Follow along there. A lot of great guests in the past. A lot of great ones coming up. Uh, and jacksnuff.com. We're everywhere. That'll be in the show notes too. But uh, yeah, I appreciate Cal being with us this week. Go check her out. And uh, if, if you do nothing else for this podcast, come back next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome. <laughs>